Welcome into the Hardly Knowledgeable Podcast. Uh, I am Nolan Warner, joined again, as always, by uh, with Drew Schoenberger. Um, we are going to talk about, um, of course, Kansas State and Kansas uh, football. Uh, one coming off a win this weekend, the other one coming off of an upset loss. Um, and then get into some of the bigger games um, in in on the national landscape. So uh, we'll go ahead and get started with Kansas. Um coming off a big win on the road against Houston uh, and Dana Holgerson. Their offense looked pretty uh, – their offense was pretty fun to watch. Jalen Daniels looks legit, um, very inventive offensively, which is something I wish I could say uh, about Kansas State. But, you know, kind of kind of let, uh, let us down on Saturday. Um, but – Kansas uh, comes home with the win. Drew, what do you have to what, – what do you take away from that game? So, um, I said last week that I thought we could compete, but I thought Houston was quite a big step up from West Virginia, which maybe they are, maybe they're not. It's still kind of early to tell. Um, definitely aren't as good as they uh, were hyped out to be preseason. But um, like the West Virginia game, KU got down 14-0 early, and it was kind of looking bad, but KU was able to basically score – every possession the rest of the game and yeah the offense looked really good I really like what Andy Kotelnicki's doing uh a lot of motion a lot of just finding the right spots and getting people where they need to go and Jalen Daniels making a lot of good throws and he's running really well I'm pretty sure he had over 100 yards rushing again so that's always it's always fun to have a quarterback uh who's a really good athlete can run um the defense wasn't too great still gave up 30 points but can't complain too much after the offense is scoring about 50 points a game so far. Uh, I guess this was the first game they didn't score 50. They scored 48. Um, but yeah, I think, I think the defense did improve because against West Virginia, there was, they basically, there were no stops until overtime and Houston, they were able to get some stops and held the 30. So hopefully, uh, hopefully the offense keeps going and the defense can uh, continue to improve because that's definitely, Something I'd like to be a little better going into conference play, but that's all. That's all I got. Yeah, yeah, and they played Duke this weekend, which is obviously probably an inferior opponent to what the Jayhawks have shown us this week. So they should be able to handle it well. Uh, sell out in the booth, um, first time in a long time, I'm sure. Um, what are your realistic expectations? for this season for Kansas. I mean, what do you think that they can achieve? Because I know we disagree a lot on where they can go with this season. So with how good the offense is, I do think they can go pretty far. Now I'm not like I've seen, you know, some Twitter accounts that we uh, disagree with uh, this guy's takes uh, a lot. He has KU as like a top half of the big 12 team and K state as a bottom half. I think that should be flipped. I, you know, I do think KU can, like compete in a lot of games, but realistically like six and six or seven and five is what I think can happen. Um, I do think they can compete in a lot of games, but I'm not ready to like pencil in a bunch of wins. I want to just take it one week at a time. See, see how it goes. Cause like, yeah, it's Kansas. Like I'm not used to being good, but I do think this team is good. I do think this team with the offense can, you know, hang in a lot of games for sure, but I don't want to, I don't want to hype it up too much, but I do think that we uh, can make a bowl for sure. Yeah, you and I definitely disagree there. Um, I'm just ready for Kansas to come back down to earth, which I think they will eventually. It's hard to go from three and nine or two and ten to 
seven and five or six and six. I think they're going to come back down to earth um, when they get into Big 12 play. We've said it before. The Big 12 is very good this year. And I don't, I'm not ready to put Kansas there yet. I'm not ready to put them in a bowl game. I still think four, four or five wins um, seem like where they're going to be this year. Um, five, probably. But I really, I, I'm just not ready to buy in yet. Once they make a bowl, I'll buy in. But I just think they'll come back down to earth eventually. Uh, that I mean, that's where I'm going to put them at right now. So right. I will say, say, I will say, I don't want to go back on fourth miss too much because you're not going to change my opinion. I'm not going to change yours. But if KU can take care of business in the non-con, which if they beat Duke, they should, then you know already got one conference win. We just need two more to make a bowl. With how the offense has looked, I just don't think that's unrealistic. But, you know, we'll see. Also, I mean, how how disappointing would it be for the first sellout at David Booth and then Duke comes in and beats him? I think that would be hilarious. I would I would laugh for a while well, if that if we'll, that would happen. We'll get into some predictions later, but yeah, we'll see. Well, I was actually gonna move right into the Duke game. Oh, that's that. fine. That's fine. I, I don't was, know if you wanted to do K State first, but yeah, that's no, fine. I, I was moving into the Duke game right after that. Um, All right. Duke at Kansas, both three and zero. Some people thought College Game Day should go there, but College Game Day is going to a good game. Um, Can I address that real quick? What? Yeah. College game that like, listen, how about if I don't know what the slate's like next week, but like if KU's 4-0 and Iowa State's 4-0, which they have a big game this week that we'll probably talk about, like maybe next week, but like Florida, Tennessee and Knoxville is a huge game. Like I don't have a – like it would have been awesome if game day went to KU, but like also it's KU-Duke. Like Duke's not that good. Like yeah, I sure. Florida, like Florida, Tennessee is a huge game. So I just, I would have liked them to come, but all the people are like, "Oh, they made the wrong choice." Like, no, they didn't. Like, they won't, they won't be in Lawrence next week either. Probably not. But I'm just like, that would be a better spot than KU Duke, in my opinion. I'm, I'm looking at that slate, and there's Alabama, Arkansas, NC State, Clemson, Oklahoma mm-hmm. State, Baylor, they Oregon State, Utah. Yeah, they'll go to Clemson or they'll go to Fayetteville. Yeah, for sure. That'd be yeah. Those are two Kentucky big games. Ole Miss. Ranked matchups. Yeah. So there are a lot better games out there than Iowa State and Kansas would be. So for sure. Yeah. Anyway, Kansas and Duke, Duke three and O. Uh, they haven't looked as convincing uh, a three and O as Kansas has. Um, they've not played very good teams uh, and they've let them hang around with them. They beat Northwestern uh, two weeks ago. Uh, by uh, by seven, so by a touchdown, they beat Temple thirty to nothing. Then North Carolina A and T, they beat by uh, twenty nine. So uh, they're winning too. They're scoring a lot of points, and that's probably what it'll be like this Saturday. Uh, Kansas is favored by seven. Um, the line, the over under, is set at sixty five and a half. Uh, which I could see that easily going over um, in this game. You know, doesn't look like either team plays a lot of defense. Uh, so I will I will take the over here, and I'm going to take Duke to cover the seven. Uh, I think Kansas won by three. All right. So one thing I uh, I saw with Duke. So when they played Northwestern, basically Duke got out to a big lead. I think they're up like 21-0 or 24-0, and – Northwestern and uh, Ryan Holinsky, their quarterback, who looked good against Nebraska, but Nebraska might literally have like the worst defense at Power Five. They're horrible. Uh, 
he looked good that game, but then he had to throw like 60 passes just to get back in that game against Duke and came up short. But Duke played NCANT, who I think might be a decent FCS school, but they're still an FCS school nonetheless. And their starting running back averaged like 10 or 11 yards per carry against Duke. And I think as a team, including their quarterback and all that, was they were still getting like six or seven yards a carry. So if that translates to the KU game, I don't know how Duke keeps up because KU wants to run the ball. KU has three or four running backs that they trust. And Jalen Daniels is a really good runner. So I think that KU, I guess I don't know if that'll translate, but I think that KU should be able to run all over this Duke team. Um, I could see him running for 200 yards, 200, 250, like between quarterback and everybody else. And I, I don't know. I think actually I'll take the under, I think it'll be a lower scoring game and I could, I'll see KU winning by about two scores because KU's defense isn't great. So I bet Duke will put up some points, but I'll say like 31, 17. I don't think that, I don't think Lance Leipold will really run it up. I think that we've just had to score a lot because like Houston and West Virginia are good offenses that we're scoring and we kind of keep it going, but I could see us kind of coasting in this one. So I'll say 31, 17 Hawks. All right. Again, that game is in David Booth, uh, Kansas Memorial Stadium. First time they've seen 50,000 there in a long time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people wondering if the if their game day infrastructure can support that still. I strongly doubt it uh, with porta potties hidden under the grandstands and no parking lots. So we'll find out just how big of a cluster that's going to be, which it will be a large one uh, for the Kansas and Duke game. If you want to play big-time football, maybe make your stadium a little more big-time, Kansas. Renovations right. are coming, but moving well, on. They've been coming for a long, long time. <laughs> um, all right, moving on to Kansas State now. Uh, Tulane uh, came into Manhattan, Kansas, came into Bill Snyder Family Stadium and won 17-10. The offense looked horrid. Uh, not inv- not inventive play calling. Run, They were unable to convert on third and fourth and short. Um, and... At the end of the game, when it's crunch time and your team needs uh, needs to get a first down, you're down by seven, your team needs to get a first down, why run a shovel pass there? Is that saying you don't have any trust in your quarterback, or is that saying that you're just trying to get too pretty? I mean, obviously, they didn't get the first down. They had to punt back to Tulane. They had three timeouts, three minutes left. But Tulane did a good job moving the chains and picking up a fourth fourth and one and winning the game. So... A lot needs to change. Adrian Martinez looks very uh, timid in the pocket. He's hesitant trying to throw the ball, which is not what we saw with Adrian Martinez last year. Uh, And it's kind of getting annoying looking at Nebraska fans and listening to them saying, I told you he wasn't good. I told you he wasn't good. I I told you he was hesitant. He wasn't last year. He wasn't the year before that. He was a big playmaker. He was a gambler and he forced the ball downfield. Okay. So why we're seeing it different. They must've drilled into his head. Don't turn the ball over here. And that's my, maybe why we're seeing check downs, hesitancy, missing wide open wide receivers down the field um, and uneasiness. I mean, he's different than he was last year. It's obvious. And it could be because of injuries. You know, he came here with his hurt shoulder. He might not trust that yet. He broke his jaw last, last year, um, had to play with wires in his mouth. He, he uh, <clears throat> broke his or hurt his knee earlier on in his career. So he's injury prone and maybe he just doesn't trust those areas yet, um, which is going to take a lot longer than one week to fix. And I don't know. I think the two lane game was rough and I think it, it showed a lot. Um, 
showed a lot to the coaching staff, a lot they can work on. Our offensive line was pushed around and bullied by a small, fast two-lane D-line. Um, we were just out physical on both sides of the ball everywhere. I mean, defensively, we held them to 17 points, which is pretty good. Um, and our defense is good enough that if Avery, if Avery, if Adrian turns the ball over, we're still going to have a pretty good shot of getting the ball back. So, you know, I, I think, I think a lot can be fixed with the offense, obviously only scoring 10 points this past week. Um, and that that was a good coach Tulane team. They didn't miss open field tackles um, at all. They, they did a good job tackling deuce. And, and I said it the week before that this will be the best non-con test that Kansas State has and obviously they got tested it was a trap game which some people don't believe in trap games but I do um being somebody who's been involved in the sport in a while I know there's a certain amount of look ahead uh to games and you just came off a big game against an old rival against Missouri that you won handedly and now you've got number six Oklahoma down the pipe and you're looking straight at them and so it's it's tough to get up and get hyped for the Tulane game. And they, they did look a little flat. So uh, obviously um, it was, a, it was a trap game and hopefully the look ahead to the Oklahoma game will provide uh, this week moving forward. what do you think about the game on Saturday? Um, yeah, I was a little surprised that K-State couldn't uh, run the ball as well. But like, do you think that it was Tulane – their D line doing good or were they like, I wasn't really paying attention to this aspect of it. Or were they just like stacking the box and like, please throw, like we want you to throw. Well, I think obviously that's going to be the approach uh, with anybody moving forward until Kansas state proves they can throw the ball. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure Tulane did that some, but our, their defensive line dominated a very good group of offensive linemen on Saturday. Um, and that that led to not being many running lanes, a lot of D linemen or a lot of D line tackles right around the line of scrimmage made it uh, tough for the Cats to move the ball. So I think it was probably a little bit of both, and I think we're probably going to see that against Oklahoma too. They're going to ask us to prove that we can throw the ball before um, before moving out into moving out of the box and moving seven out of the box, and we've got to be able to do that. So mm-hmm. yeah. But other than that, um, I mean, yeah, K-State's defense obviously played really well. I mean, there were a bunch of failed third and fourth downs that didn't work out for K-State and, you know, held a two-lane team that did. I didn't think they would be better than Missouri. I guess I read in too much about the record last year. That team's definitely better than Missouri, I'd say, um, based on the results of the games. But, um but yeah, when you give them some short fields on some fourth downs and you can't convert and they basically have all the momentum and they had nothing to lose in that game. K-State had everything to lose that, you know, that happens. And, you know, K-State has, you know, a couple of years ago lost, you know, lost to Arkansas State at home and found a way to win, win a big game after that. So it's not, it's not the end of the world for K-State, but it's definitely not a good, not a good result. But yeah, K-State's defense, I don't think that's an issue. I just think that when your offense puts you in a bad spot and you're on the field all the time, that you're eventually you might give up something. And Tulane, like you said, they're well coached and they found a way to win. Then I mean they're what their quarterback had he had 176 yards on 50% completion, one touchdown, two picks. Like that's not great. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I worries me a little bit, but I mean, K State will be fine. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously it's hard to look at last week's performance and then have an optimist mindset, but everything's still in front of this team. They haven't played a Big 12 opponent yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and if a Big 12 championship was the goal for this season, then now's the time. I mean, now is when the losses start to count more. I mean, obviously Kansas State was never going to make a playoff. Uh, it would take them going undefeated and winning handedly in, in a uh, Big 12 title game for them to reach that. Nobody expected that from the cats, but they do expect competition and being in the top half of the big 12 conference four Mm -hmm. or three, at least I expect one or two. And if they can get these offensive woes figured out, they still have a very talented team. And we're going to see it this Saturday in Norman, Chris Kleiman's two and one against Oklahoma since he's been here at Kansas state. And last year wasn't, what was it like an 11 point game at home? So I think if I remember right, I think it was like five or six. Cause I remember, I remember the spread not being covered. And I think there was like a kickoff return or something yeah. that you guys had, so, but yeah, and Kansas state performs well in Norman outside of one year. Uh, they got blown out. It was Kyler Murray's year. Uh, there, but other than that, they've performed well in Norman and performed well against uh, Oklahoma overall. There have been a couple blowouts um, since 2010, but uh, the, they've been able to keep this game close, and they've got more wins against Oklahoma in the last however many years than anybody else in the Big 12. So this is a much different Oklahoma team with a different approach. Um, they have a new head coach <laughs> who has actually proven to be pretty good uh, with a very good offensive coordinator who runs um, a style of spread that we haven't seen since Art Bryles was at Baylor. So it's going to be a tough game uh, this weekend. Obviously, athletes all over the field. Dylan Gabriel is a good uh, quarterback. Um, But this is your first Big 12 test if you're Oklahoma. Uh, Fortunately, you get it at home. Um, But Nebraska's defense is not good. They haven't faced a good defense yet. Kent State held them to minimal points in the first half, but then they kind of decided to turn it on. So I do believe that Kansas state's going to give them a game here. 12 and a half points is the spread in Norman. Um, Again, Oklahoma's three and oh, not playing any opponents, Kansas state two and one after playing um, a pretty weak non-conference schedule. Again, we'll see about Tulane, but uh, listen to these stats here. So Kansas State's averaging 28 points per game and Oklahoma's averaging 42.3. Uh, Kansas State's allowed nine and Oklahoma's allowed 10 per game. Uh, both defenses pretty good. Uh, obviously, Kansas State allowed 276 yards per game and then Oklahoma's averaging 312. Um, Defensively, Oklahoma showed up their first two games with a 4-2-5 look um, against their first two opponents, and they came out against Nebraska and ran a uh, 3-4 look, 3-3-5 look, um, 3-4-5 look. So, and Nebraska didn't know what to do. So, obviously, that's what Brent Venables is known for, being very multiple with his defense. So, it it presents a challenge for young offensive coordinator Colin Klein now. So, We'll see. Hopefully they, they spread it out quite a bit, but uh, Oklahoma minus 12 and a half seems like a sh- small number. So obviously odds makers in Vegas 
um, are looking at the recent games that Kansas State's played against Oklahoma, but uh, the over-under is 53-and-a-half. Um, I do think, unless Oklahoma scores a lot of points on Kansas State, that's going to go under, um, and I like Kansas State's chances here. This is a talented Oklahoma team with very good, a very good offensive attack and very good defensive game plan, so uh, it'll be a tough game for the Cats, but I like them to cover the 12-and-a-half. I don't know about winning outright, but Three and one starting off against a win over top 10 opponent. You might be ranked after that. Um, I doubt it because the AP voters can't really look past a loss to Tulane, especially if you're Kansas State. Um, so it'll be tough. They'd have to rattle off a few Big 12 wins in a row. But uh, give me. <clears throat> Actually, give me K-State to win out right here. I think they'll win by three. It's going to come down to the end. But this is a talented team, too talented to be wasted on a 10-17 loss. Uh, to Tulane, they're going to bounce back. They're going to attack this week with. Um, some some very determined practices, I'm sure. And uh, g- give me give me give me Kansas State to beat Oklahoma outright in Norman um, Memorial Stadium, Gaylord Family Memorial Stadium. Um, <laughs> and I'll take the over 53. Out of necessity, Kansas State's going to have to score a lot of points. Give me give us a score prediction. Um, Kansas State, 38, Oklahoma, 28. All right. So, for the record, I do think if K-State won this game, it was 3-1 and one against OU. By the voting rules, apparently, unless you're App State beating Texas A&M, you have to be ranked after you beat a ranked opponent. And Tulane plays Southern Miss this week, so they probably win that one. So, if Tulane's 4-0 and and K-State's 3-1 and with whatever Oklahoma, both teams might just be ranked. Anyway. I was really high on this Oklahoma team going in to the season, and they haven't really shown me much other than a slow first half against Kent State at home to sway me from me thinking they're the best team in the Big 12. And against Nebraska, I wasn't really that impressed with, like, them putting up 49 because, like, Nebraska's defense is hot garbage. Like, I think I think any team in the Big 12 could put up 49 on Nebraska's defense. But – I thought holding them to 14 was somewhat impressive just because I think Nebraska does have a good offense. They just can't stop anybody. So, like, they scored opening draft touchdown, and then Oklahoma shut them down until garbage time pretty much. So that was that was good to see for Oklahoma. And it's nothing against K-State. I just, with the way they've thrown the ball, unless they've been saving some stuff for the Oklahoma game, which I guess is possible, I just don't. Like, I think Oklahoma is just going to load up and stop, try to stop the run, put seven or eight guys in the box and force Adrian to throw. And I, I haven't watched a ton of Oklahoma, but I'd assume that the athletes that they have in the secondary are pretty good and could probably handle K-State's receivers. So I don't really see – just I just don't really see K-State being able to keep up. So a uh, little bit similar to my um, KU prediction, I think – Oklahoma probably wins this game between two and three scores. So I'll say, uh, I'll say OU by 17. Um, let's take, uh, what's the over under 53. Uh, it's pretty good. I'd say like 30, like 37, 20, 34, 17, somewhere in there. Uh, I, I definitely think K-State will hang around. I just don't think like if Oklahoma starts being able to score and their offense is incredible with the stuff that they run, I just don't really see K-State being able to keep up. So. I'll say uh, 37-20. All right, again, that game is on prime time on the network at 7 o'clock in Oklahoma. Uh, They will keep doubting Drew in mind when they take the field. Uh, Cats by 90. So 
moving on to some bigger games this weekend. Um, we'll actually go to Knoxville to start off. Can, uh, Tennessee's playing Florida. Now, Florida has been a uh, thorn in the side of Tennessee for a very long time. Now, Tennessee's ranked 11th. They're 3-0 and with wins over Pitt, Akron, and Ball State. Um, their wins over Akron and Ball State have been, you know, they were convincing as they should be. Uh, Tennessee's favored by 10 and a half. Um, I like Tennessee in this game. I don't know about 10 and a half. Uh, their offense is just too good uh, for Florida. Uh, they score a lot of points. They go quickly, obviously. Uh, that's what Josh Heupel's known for. I just really think Tennessee's going to be able to score a lot of points. I don't know about Florida keeping up. Um, Florida, with that one loss um, to Kentucky and then almost losing to South Florida last week, I just I like Tennessee in this game. That was another trap game, though, for Florida playing Kentucky and then looking ahead to Tennessee. So I like Tennessee in this game. I don't know about 10 and a half. This is always a good game. Uh, this is a rivalry game uh, in the East. So I will take Tennessee. I'm not too sure about 10 and a half, maybe by seven. Um, but yeah, give me the Vols. High scoring game. Yeah. Um, I think I was wrong on Florida coming into the year. I do think they're good. But uh, Anthony Richardson, that Kentucky game looks pretty bad. And some people are saying that he might have gotten hurt in that game, and that's why he's played bad, and I think he played bad against South Florida, but he might just not be as good as people and me thought. Like, against you, like he doesn't have a passing touchdown yet this year. He's a great runner, but if he's not able to run, then I think he's very limited as a thrower. Uh, kind of like Will Levis at Kentucky, honestly. Um, but I think that for Florida to compete, they're going to have to – run the ball because Tennessee is going to run up tempo and they're going to take 50 yard shots down the field the whole game. And they'll probably convert a few of them because their offense is just insanely good. Their receivers are insanely good. Um, although one of them might be out for this game. I'm not sure. I have to look on that, but just with the way Anthony Richardson has been playing, I just don't see how Florida wins this game. So I, I would lean Tennessee by actually I'll take Tennessee to cover. I think they'll win by two scores uh, and probably the high scoring at 62 and a half seems a little low for this game. I could see it being really high paced. So if Florida keeps it close, I guess I think they can win, but I bet Tennessee wins by two scores be my guess. So. Yep. And who's the second best team in the Easter? We'll see. <laughs> hey, I'm not, I'm not giving up on it yet. All right. Moving over to Winston Salem, North Carolina. Um, Clemson is going on the road to play Wake Forest. Uh, both teams three and zero. Wake Forest obviously scores a lot of points. They're very good. They played Liberty played them close last week, only winning by a point. Uh, Wake Forest did. Uh, Clemson's favored by seven. It's games at eleven a.m. on ABC. Um, over under is fifty five and a half. I don't think either team. I don't think it's going to get there. Um, I think Clemson's defense is too good. However, I think. Wake Forest's offense is very good, and I'm actually going to take the Demon Deacons to win outright in this game. So give me Wake Forest in the ACC upset of the year so far. Um, and this is a tough two-game stretch for Clemson. These are two good teams they're playing in a row. But give me Wake Forest here, um, beating Clemson, moving, improving to 4-0. And the under. All right. Well, I think that um... – I think Wake Forest is pretty similar to their team last year. Uh, really good offense, really bad defense. 
And, you know, Clemson was down last year. You know, they went a terrible nine and three in the regular season, just pitiful. I don't know how Dabo still has a job after that. Um, but do you remember that game last year? No. So the score of that game was Clemson 48, Wake Forest 27. So Wake Forest putting up 27 on a Clemson defense that basically brings everyone back is pretty insane. Uh, you know, I think teams usually have trouble cracking 20 against them. They were able to score 27, which was good, but they – Wake Forest can't stop anything. And Clemson, I think, just going to be able to run the ball all day. So I think it's going to be a similar game. Um, I'll say – I honestly think Clemson can get to 40. So I'll say 42 to 24 Clemson. I don't, I just don't see how, I mean, it is at home for Wake Forest, which I don't know how good of a home field advantage that is, but I think Clemson, I just think Clemson takes care of business in this one. I think NC state's definitely the tougher game because they actually have a defense. Yeah, for sure. Moving on to the big 12 slate this weekend. Um, we've already talked about Kansas and Kansas State, so that. By takes the way, we're two. gonna we're gonna keep track of these for the Big Twelve ones. So, me and Nolan's record in Big Twelve games this year is both zero and one because we both picked West Virginia to beat KU week two. So, got to keep track of that somewhere. All right. So we'll keep track of them. Uh, so moving on um, to the Big Twelve slate, then um, we'll go. We'll start off with a matchup in Ames, Iowa. Iowa State's favored by two and a half against number seventeen Baylor. Um, Iowa State's three and zero with an unconvincing win over Iowa, then beating Ohio and Southeast Missouri State pretty convincingly. Um, they've not scored more than fifty points yet. Uh, Dave Aranda has a very good team here. Uh, always, they did lose to BYU, which we know, you know, at one a.m. in Provo, Utah, which is just a hard game to play, hard, hard, hard area. Um, so. This is in Iowa State, another very good home field advantage, uh, Jack Trice. Um, Iowa State's favored by two and a half. The over-under is 45 and a half. I'll take the – I'll actually – I'll go with the over here, 45 and a half, and give me the Baylor Bears. I think they're too good for Iowa State. I think Iowa State's going to take a step back this year. So give me Baylor um, over Iowa State. All right. So – I don't really think Iowa State's going to take a step back this year because they were, what, 7-5 and five last year. I feel like they're probably about that this year. Um, did you know Iowa State hasn't lost a Big 12 home game in three years? I did not know that. Okay, I saw that the other day, and I was like, there's no way. Looked it up. Turns out it's true. Although they did lose at home to, like, Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns a couple years ago. So, you know, funny stuff there. But – um. I do think Baylor's a good team, but that BYU loss wasn't too great. They didn't move the ball. Like, I don't think Blake Shapin had quite the game I thought he had. Maybe I was a little a little too high. I'm still – I still am high on him, but maybe I was a little a little wishful thinking there with him. But um, – and I do think Iowa State is favored in this game, right? So yeah, two and a half. Yep. So, I think that's pretty telling. And I think Iowa State finds a way to get it done at home. I I think in a game like this, that'll be really low scoring. Both teams will want to run the ball well, good defense. I feel like I would probably just take whoever's at home to win by three. So I'll take uh I'll take Iowa State to win a low scoring game. I'm thinking like twenty to seventeen. Uh maybe it takes overtime. Uh so yeah, I and I do think I'm gonna bet the under on this game. It's just one of my bets this week. I think that that's 
I just think an under seems good for that. So, yeah, I'll take uh, Iowa State to cover and the under. All right. Moving on to the Battle of Dallas. I don't know what the name of this is. Um, but TCU is going to SMU. It's the Battle for the Iron Skillet. The Battle for the Iron Skillet uh, going to Gerald R. Ford Stadium. Or, sorry, Gerald J. Ford, not named after the president. Gerald J. Ford Stadium. Uh, to play the SMU Mustangs. That's what they are, right? They're the Mustangs, hopefully. Yes, they are. Sweet. I think. So, <laughs> it's a horse. Stallions. Yeah, I'm, 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 pretty, no, I'm pretty sure it's the Mustangs. Okay, good. Good to know. By the way, that is an awful college mascot. The Mustangs? Are you kidding me? That's a high school mascot. That's right. true. Uh, TCU's favored by two. SMU's given them some fits in the last years, in the in recent years. Um, this will be a close game. I don't know how good either team is. I think a lot of points are going to be scored in this game. Uh, I'm going to take the Horn Frogs to win just because of a little bit of a Big Twelve bias. Uh, I'll take them to win by a touchdown. Uh, they're favored by two here. Yeah, um, I'm going to take TCU to win as well. Um, I actually did watch SMU play last week, and I think they beat Maryland on the road, if I remember correctly. Or maybe Maryland beat them. I don't remember. All I remember is I had the over in that game, and the offenses were a little down. But, um, yeah, I, I'm going to take TCU as well. I I watched TCU's game against Colorado, and they kind of fooled around with them a little bit, but I thought their run game was really good. And for what it's worth, uh, their quarterback, Chandler Morris, got hurt. And then Max Duggan, who we've seen a lot of the last few years, came in. And I actually thought he looked he looked improved. Now, it was Colorado, who is probably the worst team in, in the Power Five. It's either them or Georgia Tech. Um, but he still looked impressive. And then he was impressive against Tarleton State, who's an FCS school. But So I think he's playing well. He's playing with confidence. And they're coming off a bias at extra time to prepare. And even though it is at SMU, I bet it's more of like a neutral site feel since they're literally in the same town. So, yeah, I'm going to take TCU as well. Uh, a little Big 12 bias for us here, but that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. I would like to give an update. This is Thursday night when we're recording this, and TCU is absolutely boat racing Virginia Tech right now. They're up 33 to 10. West Virginia, uh, right? Yeah, sorry. West Virginia is absolutely boat racing uh, Virginia Tech. They just got to pick six uh, to is. go up. 33 to 10 so um two offensive touchdowns scored for the mountaineers so (laughs) not good all right so the last big 12 game on the slate i believe that we haven't covered uh texas is going to lubbock texas to play the texas tech red raiders uh both teams have pretty good offenses it's a red out in jones at&t stadium which okay Congratulations, Texas Tech. I don't care if it's a red out, a white out, a black out. I don't care. Um, Texas is going to win this game by two mm-hmm. touchdowns. Uh, we saw last week if Texas Tech comes up against a um, good defense and they don't score as much. And they, they lost to NC State by two scores, and I think they're going to lose to Texas by two scores. I think Texas is going to be able to score a lot. Uh, the over-under is 61, uh, which is a lot, but both teams have good offenses. So Texas Tech, out of necessity, might have to score a lot to keep up with Texas. Uh, but give me give me the Longhorns. Give me the Longhorns by two scores, and I'll take the over. All right. So I agree, mostly. I think I like the under, but um, 
Yeah, I don't think Texas Tech can really hang with Texas. Uh, Texas Tech did have an impressive win against Houston at home in overtime, which was good. Um, but they didn't score. They did score 33 in that game, but they scored like two touchdowns in the overtime. So, like, I think they were at 20 before the end of regulation because that's not a ton of points by any means. And they only scored 14 against NC State. And their defenses did do a lot better. So maybe Texas Tech's defense is a little better. But also, Texas held Bama to 20, which is pretty impressive. And honestly, if Quinn Ewers doesn't go down or if, you know, some questionable penalties weren't called, maybe Texas finds a way to win that game against Bama. So I've been really impressed with Texas so far. And they got it out, uh, went at home against UTSA, who isn't bad at all. And with with uh, Hudson Carden instead of Quinn Ewers. And I think Quinn Ewers is back for this game from what I've seen. So I think, yeah, I think Texas wins by two scores. But I don't necessarily think the over would hit. I could kind of see there being more defense than we think. So, yeah, but I'll take Texas by two scores for sure. I don't really see – I don't really see them competing, Texas Tech competing too much in this one. All right, perfect. Well, that fills out our Big 12 slate. Drew and I disagreed on one game. Two, because you pick A-State. Oh, Drew and I disagreed on two games, so a pendulum could swing here. Um, But I've got Kansas State. Drew has Oklahoma. I've got Baylor. Drew has Iowa State. We're both high on TCU. Uh, Drew has Kansas winning by three scores, three to two scores. I have Duke covering the seven-point spread. And Texas is winning in Lubbock. So there yep. are our big 12 games. Oklahoma state is not active uh, this weekend. So they get a bye week bunch of freaking pansies. Am I right? Yeah, I think so. Um, of course, Kansas state's going to have three non three weekends without a home game. So that's kind of weird. They've got a uh, two road games and a bye week sandwiched in between. So it'll be a long way thought- to return to the bill. I thought they got a home one against Tech next week. And they then... do. They have a home one against Tech, but then they have oh yeah, on you're the right. Okay. Buy on the road. So yep, I got you. Whoever yep. scheduled that, screw them. Um, but <laughs> but I think they'll get two home games after that. Um, also, Big Twelve schedulers. Why does Kansas State always start off on the road? Doesn't make much sense to me. Um, but yeah. So what? So. Yeah, well, that, that'll do it for the Hardly Knowledgeable podcast this week. Uh, thank you for tuning in. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out in our uh, DMs on Twitter. All of our information is in the description of the podcast, and we will try to answer the, your questions as best we can. Drew, anything else? Uh, real quick, uh, over, under, and Rutgers, Iowa is 33 and a half right now, I think. So that's pretty uh, – I think it's like the lowest one since like Mizzou Vandy like 10 years ago or something like that. <laughs> Game's going over. Oh, it's going over. Game's going over. I don't know, man. I'm saying it. This I'm, game's, I'm this game's right got now. like 17 to 9 written all over it. It's going over. I'm telling you right now. Over. Think, I, think Iowa wins or you think Rutgers? Rutgers. Fighting, fighting okay, let's go. Greg Schiano, baby. Ride or die. I did uh, place a little parlay at the beginning of the week with lines I thought that would move, and I did take Rutgers plus seven and a half and the under 35. Yeah. So I got the under at 35. So, you know, maybe we middle hit like a 34. I'd be okay with that. Watch <laughs> you stress out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's a, uh, I don't know when that game is. I'll be back. 
the afternoon sometime. But you know, if you can get out of Lawrence, yeah. gosh, we went we went to a game with only thirty thousand people there. How long did it take us to get out of the stadium area? I think uh, I think I'm parking across from. Uh, I guess there's some like rec parking lot across from Allen Fieldhouse, and we're on a walkover. So oh, that'll suck. Maybe yeah, that's fine. Get get my steps in. <laughs> yeah there is a twitter debate going on right now drew uh somebody said something about uh the booth and their bathroom situation and how bad it is um to be fair i have heard good things about the porta potties like they're not they bad were, porta know, potties. they were nice porta potties but uh some kansas some kansas uh account started talking about how bad bramlage was and then is Bramlage they, bad? They said it was compared to I don't know. I've been to Allen Fieldhouse, and I think Bramlage is a nicer place than Allen Fieldhouse, facilities wise. They uh, this is unrelated. They they announced that they had plans for renovations for, which I think for football, just build a new stadium. But I guess that they're planning renovations and they're also planning renovations for Allen Fieldhouse. So I'm hoping that the main renovation for Allen Fieldhouse is aluminum uh, bleachers. I was gonna say air conditioning, but yeah, that, that would too. Also be nice. Yeah, that barn um, that barn gets hot, man. It yeah, it does. It's literally a barn. It's great, uh, but yeah. <laughs> but he he started saying, "Let me just read." Bramlage isn't even in the same conversation as Allen Fieldhouse. Bramlage is in the conversation for the worst in the Big Twelve. I actually think Bramlage is a nice place. And then K State man, we all love him. Allen Fieldhouse is a poop hole. Uh, the most basic updates continue to elude it. The court hasn't been updated in like fifteen years. The scoreboard hasn't been updated in over a decade. And at least, and at least your literal 150 speakers still work. Which I mean, it it can be a loud place. I've heard the game I went to; it wasn't, but you know, whatever. Um, and then this guy said, "Allen Fieldhouse has history. Bramlage has an NIT banner hanging. We're not the same." So, of course, Kansas doesn't understand. A Kansas fan doesn't understand the context of the argument that is taking on, uh, that is going on on Twitter. Um, saying the Allen Fieldhouse has good teams playing in it and Kansas State does not, whatever. <laughs> um, I Allen think Fieldhouse, Bramlage as a venue is fine. I think, yeah, I think Bramlage might be a nicer place than Allen Fieldhouse. Sim- not a better place, a nicer place than Allen no, Fieldhouse. I, I, know, I know what you're saying, yeah. But it is top five in the conference when it's full and loud. I think it's a top five environment, but – you walk in, the concourse is all one level. You walk down to your seat, easy peasy. Um, the new Shamrock thing there, they've got really nice bathrooms, air conditioning, fans. Um, it can get cold in there. Um, so I think obviously there's stuff that could be improved at Bramlage, but yeah, Bramlage is a nicer place than Ellen Fieldhouse. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I like, I like Bramlage. I think it's yeah. fun. So, all right. Well, that'll do it. So, thanks for tuning in, and we'll be back next week.